Welcome to the Cat Power Podcast, where we deliver powerful insights into the world of Caterpillar oil and gas, showcasing the latest in technological advancements and highlighting the stories of the industry's most dynamic leaders. I'm your host, Sergio Tijera. Now let's get ready to power up with the Cat Power Podcast. And welcome again to the Cat Power Podcast. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And today we have a very special guest because we're celebrating the 30-year anniversary of the G3600 engines. We have Mr. Al Hunt. And so Al is a retired cat dealer technician who invested and dedicated 45 years of his life to helping customers succeed using cat engines. And today we're reminiscing with Al uh, about his time with the G3600 engines. During his time with the cat dealers, he helped commission over 300 G3600 engines, and is still regarded as the world-renowned expert in this line of engines. And he retired in 2009 officially, but he continues to share his expertise with both CAT and gas compression operations nationwide. So coming to us from Irvin, Texas, Mr. Al Hunt, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Sergio. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Good. It's so it's so great to have you here on the show. Thank you. So let's get started here. We let's take it back to the beginning. You started okay. off, you know, a number of years ago. Tell me what that was like as as you were growing up, and what was your first gig with the cat dealers and your introduction to the cat world. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Well, my dad worked for Louisiana Machinery uh, back in in the fifties, and uh, my first uh, first encounter, I guess, I. I worked uh, around the house, did some spare jobs and whatever, and and uh, he uh, was going to have to take off. My mother was going to have surgery, and uh, times were different back then. And he made a deal with the service manager because he didn't want to lose his overtime. Uh, he he asked, "Could I work in his place for two days while he took off?" with my mother in surgery and so that deal was struck so i worked two days uh in my dad's place so he'd uh, keep his overtime and then the next monday i went to work on my own and and i always kidded him i said you know so wait how old I, were you at that time oh i was uh <laughs> i was still in high school okay. uh uh probably 10th or 11th grade Nice. But I, I, I always kid him. I said, you know, I don't think you ever paid me for those two days I worked yeah. in your stead. <laughs> he says, and you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> not gonna, uh, but uh, we laugh about that a Checks lot. Checks in the but, mail. Uh, but that you was, that was my first deal with Louisiana Machine. And I, I worked for them during the summer. And then I, I worked for them for several years before I came out to Texas and worked for DAR. Wow. And so when was the first time that, that you got introduced to the, the G3600 when, when you first saw that? Tell me about what that was like. Well, we, we made a trip. Knew it was coming, but we made a trip up to uh, Mossville, and uh, they didn't have any gas engine running. But went up to the tech center, and they had a diesel 3612 running. And I had not been around one at all and uh they had this one running and uh, we walked into the test cell and uh it was 
it was an awesome feeling because you could just stand on the concrete, which is pretty stable in a test cell, and you could feel the engine vibrations coming up through your feet, uh, along with the uh, other uh, emanations of, of noise and power. Sure. One thing I've learned with the 3600 that sound is is a very powerful force. Uh, I've always liked to commission the first 3600, but it was always tough to commission others while the while the ones that on site were running. Uh, being around and running engines all day long will really buffet your body and make you tired. That sound <laughs> really does physically work on your body. And so when when that first came out and you <clears throat> you commissioned the first one. You brought it to the customer site. What what was that like? What was their reaction like? Well, they were they were uh, kind of surprised. You know, it's big, and we never had a product that big. The G three ninety nine was the the largest gas engine we had, largest engine we had total. Uh, but uh, uh, they were all uh, really surprised. Walk around. What's this? And what's that? And and uh all, all wanted to learn about it and and uh hear it run and so when when you know when when they brought it out obviously when a new product comes out there's some usually some skepticism some doubt well how how is this really going to work this is the biggest engine that's ever come out here is this really gonna you know w were there any doubters at that point oh yeah i i remember kci one of our packagers sold uh, several G3606s to Union Pacific in East Texas. And uh, that company had uh, uh, a record of letting their technicians be involved in, in some major purchases and so forth. And uh, whenever they had their input, they said, well, we're not sure we want that new product because we don't know anything about it. You know, they had some walkshaws and they had some old slow speed integrals and so forth. Uh, but they kind of voiced uh, that they, they didn't know about it. So they did, didn't want that, didn't want to learn on it. And so <laughs> anyway, management made the decision. They bought, I think there were seven engines on that site. And uh, we commissioned all of them. We got them all running. And uh, of course, East Texas, all, all of our dark territory, I was responsible for. And so I made a, a visit back after they'd been running uh, several weeks and I went back over there and, and I said, what do you think? They said, well, we still don't know anything about them, but we sure do like them because we don't have to work <laughs> on them every day. It was, uh, it was kind of yeah. strange, uh, but they, the fact is that, that company, they had three techs on site. They had to have that to keep them running. And they reassigned two techs after they got the G3600s. And uh, so their time required to maintain uptime was uh, greatly reduced. Yeah, so the uptime increased tremendously from the previous models, right? Absolutely. And so and what was the reason for that? Well, reliability. Uh, the, the G 3600, of course, uh, the first one was an ESS, 
uh, and it had uh, a uh, control system which uh, was a, uh, a mixture of a number of different components from other cat products and uh, it, it was unproven uh, had a lot of wires a lot of connections uh, but the reliability of uh, running and maintaining air fuel ratio and emissions and so forth uh, it was not not hard at all to maintain 95 98 percent runtime wow uh, it turned out that uh, the, the Achilles heel was all the wiring connections though. Uh, one of the things that we always did on commissioning uh, was go through the wiring system and make sure we tightened every screw terminal and every junction box everywhere. We found a lot of the packagers would use a little pocket screwdriver in doing the interconnect and they couldn't put enough torque on the screws to maintain the tightness. And so it was standard fare to, to go tighten all of those. Uh, I, I don't even remember how many count, but it was a lot of them. Uh, and, and we tightened all of those and, and suggested that at least first three months uh, might not be a bad idea to tighten them up a little bit more. Yeah, just to make sure. And yeah. so how many, how many hours a year were these engines running? Oh, they run, uh, 24 seven. Uh, so you wind up with, uh, maintenance time. Uh, you, you'll approach 8,500 hours, something like that. They, they run all the time. Wow. Yeah. And with that, with that uptime and reliability, you can, you can actually do that. So that saves the customer lots of money and time and headaches, right? So they can focus on what their, their real job is. Right. Right. Yeah. So then, you know, over the years, you've, you, you've commissioned over 300 of these. What was the biggest jump in terms of technological improvement that you saw that was the most impressive to you? Well, it ran on just about any fuel that the customer had to use. Uh, it was not, uh, not hard to get the engine set up. Uh, one, of, one of the things that I found it was very important to have some pre-commissioning uh, discussion with the construction crew so that uh, all of the piping and, and all of the other support items had uh, uh, the uh, right uh, completion level so that we didn't have a lot of wait time when we got there. So I never had a lot of issues with commissioning because I've made it a point to always uh, talk to the uh, construction manager, foreman or whatever, and say, now, here's here's the checklist. Uh, yeah. Whenever you get all of these things done, then we can come do commissioning and, and it'll be done in short time and we'll have a good time. Now, when, when they went into the, uh, from the ESS to the ADEM A3 update. Yes, that was, uh, about that? that was a, that was a big step. Uh, I was involved in, in, uh, uh, some of that, uh, conversation. Uh, we were involved in two G3612 conversions up in the, uh, uh, panhandle and, uh, do some field testing. There was also a G3616 in South Louisiana. 
but we converted those and and the the biggest thing about the a3 was the uh, moving all of the wiring reducing terminals off the engine uh, when the engine runs it has a lot of uh, high frequency uh, energy in it and and that was one of the big things that that uh, caused terminal screw loosage loosening and uh, things wire chafing and so forth and so we actually moved all but about a half a dozen screws terminals off the engine with the a3 so wow. that the wiring issues just were non-existent i i tried to keep track of it a little bit and i think the first uh wiring issue i heard about was nearly a year after the engine had been introduced to the field so we we had a lot of a3s running by that time but it, it just stopped all of the wiring issues now the strategy of the a3 was uh, almost the same as the ess what cat had found is that we need a little more control of the low load air fuel ratio uh, so they put a feedback loop on the choke so we could set a desired uh, uh, exhaust temperature and the ecm would automatically take care of the air fuel ratio at low load whereas before with the ess we, we had a fixed position choke and the technician set that up during commissioning and sometimes if you were going to run at that low load which was before uh, below 40 percent uh, then you had to go back and tweak the choke position but uh, that was the uh, functional improvement in uh, in the operating strategy but the biggest thing by far was eliminating all the wiring uh terminals and so forth yeah and the turbo changed as well right well that was that was a big change too mechanically the old uh, yeah. vtc turbocharger was an axial radial turbo and uh the uh, hot turbine end uh, wasn't uh, designed to shed the uh deposits that built up out of the exhaust stream and uh we did well to run eight ten maybe twelve thousand hours uh with a vtc and then you'd have to at least tear it down and clean it to call that a level one repair uh and we were involved with the turbo change whenever cat went to the tps uh we had uh one uh, test turbo in east texas we had one in oklahoma and and those two ran to thirty thousand plus hours with uh, out any attention. So it was a big step uh, as Cat tried to make the turbo life match top end uh, repair life, and and so the TPS does that. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, like anything in life, right? You're only as strong as your weakest link, and so that's right. That's that's, right. that's something that was a big change there. And then, you know, emissions come into play um, in, in a big way in the industry. And uh, we, you know, CAT continues to step up in terms of technology and meeting requirements and so forth. Right. We get into the A4 upgrades. So yeah. then tell me a bit more about that and what, what happened there. Well, the A4, uh, again, 
it's as gas wells are drilled and the and the product comes to the surface, uh, you deplete the uh, uh, supply, and you're drilling new wells and finding new formations and so forth. And in that course, uh, a, a lot of new hotter gas, higher BTU gas, uh, is found and put into the production mix. And high BTU gas is uh, is a little more sensitive uh, in the combustion process to detonation. Mm. And if you if you have a lot of high BTU gas, uh, then you're going to have a lot of detonation, and detonation runs to downtime or, uh, with CATS detonation sensitive system. Uh, if you didn't have that, then you'd have some piston damage and, and a lot of issues there. So right. the A3, while it was reliable and had uh, a very good runtime and everybody happy, uh, it wasn't being a nine to one compression ratio. It it wasn't didn't like hot gas, and and customers uh, uh, had an opportunity to input the caterpillar. What what do you what do you want to improve on the uh, thirty six hundred gasser? And their their number one issue was we need to be able to burn hotter fuel. Mm -hmm. That was the number one issue because uh, you, you take a lot of uh, up gas finds in the Northeast and South Texas and other things, the, the BTU was just way too hot. And so they could, they'd have to run derated, uh, so they couldn't utilize all the horsepower. The engine had the capability because they'd run into detonation. So that was the number one issue, uh, run hotter. And of course, the number two issue as, uh, as and our was that, was that problem in, uh, like in particular to Texas or just in general? No, all over. In, in, oh. Anywhere the, the fuel supply became a higher BTU, that was an issue. It, not only with G3600, but G3500s and all of them, but right. uh, we're dealing with a G3600 and, and, and have to approach that uh, and see what the technology and, and how can we make that better. And turns out that that a uh, more complex combustion strategy comes into play with uh, different compression ratio and different cam profiles and uh, able to fool the engine and make it think it's a lower compression ratio than it really is. So we were able to, Cat uh, was able to uh, burn much hotter fuel and maintain rated horsepower. And, and of course, as the A3 came along, we had a horsepower increase across the product line. And A4, again, we had about a 6 to 8% uh, horsepower increase. So uh, in, in addition to the horsepower increase, we still had to have had a better challenge to keep detonation from happening. Interesting. So you've been around these engines for, you know, 40 plus years, 40, 50 years, uh, a lot longer than most people have been married. What, <laughs> what is it about these engines that have kept you so passionate and, and, you know, you stuck with this for so long. Tell, tell me about that. 
Well, in my career with, with the cat dealers, uh, I've always had an opportunity to be a first in a lot of things. First TC, technical communicator. Nice. Uh, I was always doing uh, projects, testing transmissions. The first half of my career was earth moving, so had a lot of experience in tractors, motor graders, and things. So I was always working with Caterpillar Engineering and testing components and, and even in the field follower program, complete machines, place it at a customer site and and see how it works. And, and it was a win-win situation for the customer, a free machine. And for the dealer, we uh, were able to learn about new product uh, quickly. And so that when it was introduced, our, our field technicians already had some uh, awareness of, of the new product. And uh, of course, uh, always developed a good relationship with CAD engineering folks and uh, uh, knew them, uh, talked to them on a daily basis. And uh, as the old saying, broke bread with a lot of them uh, and, and became friends uh, with a lot of them still today. Yeah, you've had an amazing career, um, you know, with the cat dealers and that whole family relationship with Caterpillar. And and it is impressive that you've stayed with it for so long, especially with one category and one, you know, one line, because that really represents legacy and continuity and loyalty that those are kind of words that describe the relationship between cat dealers and, and their customers, right? It's right. longstanding right. Uh, you know, we're going to be here by your side type relationships and deep knowledge, which is another thing that you don't see too often anymore. People staying with one company or with one industry, one product line for so many years. So congratulations to that on your on your tremendous you. career. And as we celebrate the, the 30th anniversary of this great piece of technology with the G3600, it has helped so many customers and, and folks out there. So any any final words about uh, G3600 or your time? Uh, with Cat and the Dealers as we wrap well, up? Well, I have always been involved in problem solving, even though I had a lot of different uh, titles and jobs. Uh, but it seemed like it, engine and uh, gas engine, particularly products, came to me. And so I've always been involved in sharing information with uh, technicians, both at the dealer level and the customer level. And uh, as uh, you know, time goes on, you learn more. Uh, always at, at DAR, we always had a policy uh, as the G3600 began to show up uh, that we gave some training to the customer when he got his first engine as a part of support for the packager and part of the support from the dealer. Because a lot of a lot of engines went somewhere else, not in our territory, not in our packagers' territory. Mm. And uh, so I became acquainted with a lot of dealers and, and uh, dealer people in Wyoming and Colorado and New Mexico and wherever they went uh, because those dealers uh, didn't have an opportunity to sell engines. And they didn't have an opportunity to learn about them. So training has always been uh, a, a, a partner in my commissioning exercises. So uh, with that uh, 
in mine, that's why I get, even today, uh, I get a lot of phone calls and emails. Uh, Facebook has a couple of websites that uh, have technicians asking questions and so forth. And so uh, I'm, I'm on that monitor, uh, those questions, and sometimes have input. Bobby Runnels, uh, which, which is kind of, my partner here in longevity, uh, he's on that sometimes too. And so we, we like to share information with our technicians. Uh, life's tough enough uh, without <laughs> making it harder. So we like to make it easy for them and help them understand the right way to use the literature and what training they need and so forth. And, and when they're successful, the cat product's going to be successful and uh, we're going to stay ahead of the pack. Well, you've got the heart of a trainer, a teacher, and leader, my friend. So, thank you so much for your time. We couldn't have done it without you all these, all these, all these years with the thirty six hundred. So, you're a big part of that life. <laughs> well, you know, you you think you're indispensable, but think about this: it, it, when you think you're indispensable, just get your bucket of water <laughs> and stick your fist down in it, and then pull it out and see how long it takes to fill in the the space where you where your fist was there you go <laughs> it's it's fun to be a part of things and so forth but life moves on and and so we just we just do what we do fantastic thank you al appreciate you being on all right thank you thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please follow and rate us and be sure to share it with a friend so that you can power up their life and their career